Watch podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch podcast, we're going to be discussing the topic of the nutrient or fertilizer value of hay. And to discuss this, I'm joined today by Dr. John Lorry, who's a nutrient management specialist with the University of Missouri Extension. Thanks for joining me today. Glad to be here. Thank you. Dr. Lorry, before we dive into today's topic, Share with us a little more about yourself, your background, and your current role there with the University of Missouri Extension. Uh, I'm a state specialist focused on nutrient management. I've been at the University of Missouri now for over 25 years. Uh, you know, my role has changed uh, over time, but spent quite a bit of time working with uh, manure management systems. I have a real interest in, in forages and uh, fertility of, in forage systems. And currently, I run the U University of Missouri uh, certified strip trial program. As we think about Missouri, you're, I think, the number three cow-calf production state. Lots of planted pasture, things like fescue, orchard grass, smooth brome in the state of Missouri. In a recent article you wrote, you talked about the fertilizer value or nutrient value of hay. They think about applying that or feeding that on pasture. Share with us a little more about some of the research you've been involved with, thinking about the nutrient value of hay thinking about the opportunity to capture that nutrient effectively, specifically when we think about feeding it on pasture. And then also as we look at current fertilizer prices and we look at the price of hay, what are some things you think producers might want to think through this year that would be different than other years as they look at either buying hay or spending money on fertilizer? Yeah, there's, well, there's a lot in that, that question. That I think the first thing that we try to focus on is with high fertilizer prices, you know, the fertilizer value of a hay bale is, is, is more than doubled this year. So, you know, what, what has been a good management practice is becoming even more essential, which is understanding that when you bring hay onto your farm, you're bringing fertilizer onto your farm. And anytime we work with a fertilizer, there's a number of things we need to have in mind. The first thing is how much fertilizer is there so we can assign a value. But uh, fertilizer is only good as good as your ability to spread it across a pasture. And of course, uh, if you're using hay as a fertilizer, running it through a cow, uh, you, you have to understand how am I going to get that hay fed onto a pasture so those nutrients are distributed in a way that uh, it, it has value as a fertilizer. So, you know, as we look at the fertilizer value of hay, there's, there's, a, it's a, there's a number of pieces to that problem. How much fertilizers in the hay bale, how much is that fertilizer worth? And then uh, the final part is how am I going to feed that hay in a way that ensures that those nutrients get distributed across the field? Let's talk a little bit about understanding what the nutrient value or fertilizer value of hay is. How should a producer arrive at that? Uh, well, at most, uh, you know, there's book values on most kinds of hay uh, for the amount of nitrogen, phosphorus, uh, potassium, and, and you can even go down into book values for sulfur, zinc, and other, other micronutrients. Uh, also, if you have a hay testing program, if you test your hay, you, you get a direct measure of the nutrient content of, of the material. Nominally speaking, as we look at the different nutrients in hay, if you look at things like phosphorus and potassium, uh, sulfur, uh, zinc, those types of nutrients, what you see is what you get. Those nutrients will go through the cow, come back out onto the pasture and be 100% available uh, to, to, your, to your forages. You know, nitrogen is, is the one that's more complicated. The, 
we have you know a substantial amount of nitrogen in many hay crops. How much of that actually comes available to the, the forage crop is a little more difficult to estimate. Um, I usually just apply a, a low percentage of the nitrogen value as being available. You know, at the high end, you might be at 35% of the nitrogen of that, that hay being available to the subsequent crop that it's applied to. Uh, a more conservative number would put it down closer to 20% available. As I think about the nutrient recapture that we get from feeding hay, what's the advantage of feeding on pasture versus feeding in a dry lot scenario and then hauling manure out? Well, there's, um, well, for us, we're a cow-calf state, so calf, cow-calf state. So, you know, a lot of our cows are spending the winter on, on pasture. So for us, it's just taking the feed where, where they're going to be feeding anyways. And it's just a matter of trying to convince farmers to move the feeding areas around to get the distribution of hay as opposed to a dry lot versus a on pasture approach. So, you know, th- that's, that's really where we, ser- we start with that discussion with our farmers is if you're, you're feeding on pasture, let's try to move those feeding areas around and, and to get those nutrients distributed across a field. Um, at the end of the day, where the cow spends their time is where those nutrients go. And if you can get the cows to spend time in different parts of the pasture eating hay, that's where they're going to distribute those manure nutrients. If you're looking at dry lot versus on pasture, you know, there's a lot of complications with the dry lot. Dry lot itself is an environmental issue. You got to be careful of, of what's running off there. And then, then there's the added step of having to uh, collect collect the manure from the dry lot and reapply it uh, back onto pasture. And to be honest, it's harder to know what the fertilizer value is. I mean, with hay, you have a pretty good sense of what's in that hay. From a nutrient perspective, you probably have a pretty good estimate of how much you're putting on if you, if you push the pencil on that. Uh, as we work with uh, cleaning dry lots, it's very difficult to know what the actual nutrient content of that dry lot manure is. And, and it's going to tend to be quite variable uh, depending on what you know, how much soil has gotten mixed in with that pack that you're taking off the, uh, out of the dry lot. As you think about feeding hay on pasture and you work with producers, how do you think strategically about locations in a pasture where you would encourage people to feed hay, maybe would encourage you not to feed in this area? Talk through with us a little bit about how nutrients move across the landscape and, and thinking strategically about where you feed hay to capture the most value from it. Um, as I said before, where the cows spend time eating is where, where the nutrients get deposited. We, we did a study a number of years ago where we looked at unrolling hay, uh, fixed ring, uh, a fixed ring strategy, and then moving a bale ring around the pasture. The, the fixed ring, you know, pretty, we, we had some cows in that study that had collars on them. So we had GPS data for where the cows spend time and those fixed ring cows predictably spent all their time around the bale and consequently, you know, that's where the nutrients were deposited in that portion of the, uh, in that particular treatment. And if you do have, and because those areas do become areas where we see a large concentration of nutrients, you know, we always encourage farmers who have winter feeding areas to make sure there's a good, a good buffer area around those areas to, to filter out any nutrients that might be uh, coming off those areas and spring runoff or otherwise from those areas. So, you know, we are concerned when farmers winter feed hay, if they don't move that feeding area around and make sure that it's not right by a creek and that there's 
some effort in place to try to make sure nutrients stay in place on that field and don't run into the local water. The next level of that, of course, is to try to get past just uh, trying to protect areas from winter feeding to trying to get the cows to spend time moving across the field. With uh, bale rings, what you see, they're a great way to, what we would do is we would um, leapfrog our, our rings. So you'd have a, a ring that had a bale in it. And then um, when that was not enough to get through the next day, we'd move the, the previous ring and, um, and then add another bale to the field. And we would put those out in a grid. Uh, there's also people who talk about leaving bales out in a field with a grid and then just opening up uh, a, a live wire to bale feed that way. It's definitely an effective way to get cows to move around. Uh, in the spring, you know, there will be a dead spot associated with every one of those rings, those areas. There's a lot of discussion about how fast that heals up. Uh, some people don't see that as a big issue, but it will be a, a feature. The challenge with unrolling hay is we did see more waste. I don't have those exact numbers with me, but um, you know, unrolling hay is another way to get cows moving across a pasture. Did a great job of distributing animal, you know, having animals spend time all across the pasture. Wherever we spread that hay out, uh, unroll that hay is where they they spent their time, and we just worked our way across the field. There was higher loss, but we also got around uh, some of the damage to the stand doing the unroll, unroll hay strategy. As you look at current fertilizer prices right now, and we think about, should I buy fertilizer or should I purchase hay? Walk through with us some of the numbers you think through in your mind as you consider that scenario right now under current economic conditions. We're really in a unique situation right now with the high prices of fertilizer. I mean, nitrogen prices... I'm not sure where they are today, but you know, a few months, a few weeks ago, uh, a month ago, they were um, you know close to a thousand dollars per ton for for fescue in in our area. Uh, we're you know we're getting up to the point where nitrogen was costing a dollar a pound for the for a pound of nitrogen. You know, at that at that level, you know, the amount of forage that you can grow with that nitrogen starts to be on a level of how much you would purchase hay. Um, and you, you just need to push, push the pencil on that. But, you know, as we put down nitrogen on a pasture, there's, and that's going to vary in different, you know, environments and, uh, but you'll get us, there's an expectation you're gonna get a certain amount of growth for that nitrogen. And, um, you know, in Missouri, when we start pushing the pencil on that for, for example, uh, fall applied nitrogen, we were, you know, we're, we're at a point where that fertilizer end, um, that fertilizer end cost, and then if you also combine it, you know, with the other nutrients that are in that, that forage or other fertilization, it starts to, the cost of that started to be equal to what it would cost to purchase a, where you get the feed value and you also get the fertilizer value out of that forage. You know, we typically talk about we're a fescue state. Uh, we have a lot of fescue out there. We typically talk about, you know, around $20 of value in a bale of fescue hay. And, you know, we're up at $50 per ton, over $50 per ton right now. And, uh, you know, that's just a big number. And um, if you purchase, if you look at, I mean, it depends what you're paying for your hay, but if, you know, if you're paying even $75 a, a 
a, a ton to buy uh, fescue hay and there's $50 of fertilizer in there, uh, you know, obviously the feed value starts to be fairly low on that, on that product. So we had an article out this fall uh, talking about the, that there is value in considering purchasing hay instead of fertilizing to increase forage. Uh, you know, there's upsides and downsides. Obviously, if you're growing your own forage, it's easier to control quality. Uh, you know, we're feeding a lot of cows, so the quality is not as much of, an, of a, a factor. So purchased hay, you know, certainly should at least be considered uh, in these high fertilizer price uh, scenarios. You've talked a bit about the fertilizer value, the nutrients that are present there. Any thoughts on just the fact that you're also bringing carbon onto a pasture or something like that? Any benefit from organic matter that you get as well? To be honest, I hadn't really thought about that a whole lot. You know, I've mostly looked at it as a, as a fertilizer source. There's obviously you're bringing carbon onto that pasture. Um, you know, our, our forage systems, you know, are super performers when you look at the accumulation of organic matter. I mean, a well-managed pasture accumulates organic matter. And obviously if you're feeding hay, you're adding more carbon to that. But, you know, I think, I think growers uh, who work with pasture systems should be proud of their role in, in carbon sequestration. Uh, you know, that's one of our strengths in our forage systems. Anything else on this topic, Dr. Lori, you think would be of value to producers as they consider current fertilizer prices and also looking at hay prices and the nutrients that are present there? I think in unprecedented, unprecedented times, uh, you know, you need to think uh, maybe in, in different ways. It always is a, a good exercise when we have unprecedented times to relook at some of the assumptions that you make about how best to run your operation. It doesn't mean you're going to change what you do. Uh, there may be good reasons for what you do, but uh, it's a good time to start pushing the pencil and questioning a little bit about how and why you're making your decisions. I don't think purchasing hay is the right choice for everybody uh, compared to fertilizer. On the other hand, I think any producer should understand that when they bring feed onto the farm, that's fertilizer and uh, they will, uh, their operation will, will benefit if they treat it as a fertilizer as well as a feed. So uh, again, there's no right answer for everybody, but it's certainly a time where it's important for you to look at uh, your forage uh, decision, your, your fertilization and your forage purchasing uh, in, a, in a different way. Thanks again for joining me today. Appreciated the opportunity. So for more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would refer you to two articles. The first is one written by Dr. John Lorry, titled, Are You Better Off Buying Fertilizer or Supplemental Hay? Again, that can be found through the University of Missouri Extension, a January 21st issue. Also an article written for the February issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled, The Value of Hay as Fertilizer. 